I've known Tony for only a short while, but the impact that she has had um, on me personally, like she's going to be listening to this and I just want to say thank you. Um, you always say thank you to me, but I want to say thank you back to you, my lovely. Um, it's funny when I judged her back at FitX, I was like in absolute awe of her. And the more and more I get to know Tony, the more I just realize that she's just actually superwoman. <laughs> um, but She's a really experienced athlete, a master's competitor who is just like absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I'm so glad we got her on the podcast today because I don't think maybe a year ago she would have gone for it when I asked her. But she kind of felt nervous, but she went for it. Um, and it's cool to see the change in her. And I think all of you are going to absolutely fall in love with Tony as well. So I hope that you do enjoy this episode. Um, do let me know the feedback on this different formatting we're trying out. I just thought after 20, no, 20, 200 episodes of saying the same thing, I thought it might be time for a change. So enjoy, guys, and I'll see you in the next episode. Because <laughs> we're recording this Wednesday and we had the show on Sunday. Oh, I swear to God, like, shows just take, wherever you're like a spectator, or um, happen to MC lol, um, or compete like anyone who goes. It's just so that it, you you come for like a few days after. Even now, I'm just like, it's such a sensory overload because I found that when I was sitting just in the crowd and I hit the point and I was like, I've just got to get out. I can't have all this like, just felt really claustrophobic and I was just like, I'm either gonna like run outside and cry or something. I just needed to get away from like the noise and the. It all just gets very oppressive, doesn't it? And I was like, oh, God, I just need to go and chill. But it is exhausting. And that having to stop and chat, especially, obviously, everybody wants to stop and have a chat with you as well. And it's that constant small talk. Stop, and there's no stop and chill time. It's just constant, like, noise. Yeah, <laughs> I feel you. I kept seeing everyone, like, back, uh, sorry, like outside. Mm. As well. But Ryan said she didn't get home till one o'clock. It was about half past one I got home. Oh my God. And I drove through the most ridiculous thunderstorm. Oh my I was, God, yeah. It was horrendous. It was literally like like fork lightning across the sky and down the motorway to wrench. You know, we have to do like 30 miles an hour, which you cannot see. Mm. I was like that. Oh. I just want to go home. <laughs> it's yeah. bad how much like driving you have to do. Because where, where do you live again? Down in Pool. I want to say Pool, but I thought I don't want to be that person that like, gets it wrong. I'm like, <laughs> do, I even, do I even know this person? Like. <laughs> But no, you did so good. Like you did so so good at NFM, and I was. It's funny because I judged you. I've seen. I've met you before. So I met you last year. I think it was September FitX. So I know you can light up a stage, but the, I don't think the rest of the guys really do. And like it was hilarious. Their faces. They're like, oh my god. Like because you, you're quite like a well, not like a mellow, but you're very. You're not like overly confident i would say or you're not like the biggest talker in the room so i don't think people would expect that of you but when you came out especially because you start with diva i was like i was from the sideline i was like oh my god like <laughs> the pose you're posing and you stage press and everything like it amplifies so much from when i like last saw you like at the fix former oh that's it and i think because nobody ever sees like me in real life doing any posing i, I hide in a set of ryan's there and i'm doing my check-ins i'll hide in a separate room so even he hadn't seen me in like because he was like let me have a look at you and i was like you can see my check-in video i, was, like, I can't sit in front of you and do my poses because i find it too it's just too excruciatingly embarrassing yeah. um so he hadn't even seen me doing 
anything apart from like my random like hair like that checking videos and so he was sort of like when you walked out me and Joe were like holy what just where did that come from which was lovely it was a lovely compliment but I was sort of like oh yeah I'm not the <laughs> I'm not the loudest most confident person <laughs> by any means so why did you get into competing in the first place then out of curiosity um, I was uh, going way 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 back I suppose eating disorders violent relationship makes you feel like you've got nothing anyway mm. and then popped out a couple of babies and then my third baby um there was a girl at the gym who was competing and I was massive at the time like heavily pregnant and I was just like I've got to do something about this afterwards I don't just want to stay like mm. skinny fat cardio bunny mm. I got talking to her had the baby in June July when was my child born um <laughs> and then I was on stage got with the coaching team, then got on stage the following May. I so, yeah, just decided to get in shape and hit the stage like 10 months after having a baby. I love that. Like, <laughs> you see quite a few people do that lately, like Lucy Edwards that we had on the podcast, like, late. Um, yeah, she did the same, didn't she? She was just like, like that's it, I'm getting on stage. And it's like, oh, wow, well, you've got babies. <laughs> Mad. Because your first show, I did not know until, like, late on when we started chatting, was like, was it a WBFF body power runner? My first show was, um, I wrote it all down because I knew I was going to oh forget. Oh my God, I love you writing it all down. <laughs> I know. I, was, I can't remember I can't remember my child's birthday, let alone when I competed. Um, but yeah, it was a UK BFF at Body Power. Oh. And that was in 2016 was my first one. So I had him in the 15 and then competed in the 16. Hang on, I can... I've got a... 2016. I have a feeling, where's my phone, that we potentially competed started competing the same month and year because I remember seeing you because I said before didn't I? I remember seeing like you backstage and I was just like oh she's so beautiful she's one of like oh god it's like oh. hide in the background I can't talk to anyone <laughs> I need to find this like I'm like hang on ah no mine was 2015 it looks like you were the year before yeah it must have been the year before but that's so weird I had no idea like you like started way further back back in the days of you could be at okay. days and everything yeah. like that. But so I remember seeing you like around in whichever kind of shows and bits and pieces. You're always kind of like involved in stuff. And I was like, like they're like why it just never goes away. Trying to fly her off, fling her off, and she just comes back. <laughs> She's still over there for God's sake. Doesn't get, doesn't understand emotion intelligence. So like what? <laughs> still it. <laughs> yeah, I could hear. Def, definitely. Oh man, that's so funny. That is so funny. But yeah. There was so what so it was about this whole competing like year because obviously you got UK BFF you got to do a BFF the year after. I obviously know your recent recent competing history, but I don't know if there's an in between. Well, yeah, I did the UK BFF, um, and that was a lineup of like eleven or twelve, and I got sixth, and I was just like over the moon. That was just like the best thing in the entire world. Um, and then I competed. What was it the same the year? Yeah, then I did WBFF that year I got third and then I did the finals in the October and there was like I was looking back on the pictures and there was like 20 of us on stage in finals and I was like oh back in the day competing was so different mm. than competing now when there's like 20 odd of you on stage and it's just like lines and lines of people but um anyway and I got what I think I got sixth in finals which was incredible as well and then I was like I'm never competing again not doing it not doing it and then came awesome. back the next did more <laughs> the next year I did 
<laughs> I'm always coming in and out of retirement. <laughs> I'm, that, I'm that fly that won't go away. <laughs> oh my God, we're both just flies that won't go away. Oh, brilliant. So well, was that, it, yeah, what's, what's been your longest off season then? Uh, probably COVID. <laughs> no way. Yeah, because I, I did, I do like a couple of shows like per year because the next year I did a WBFF and a PCA. Um, and then it was like never doing it again because I might, I love the diet, the training and all the rest of it. But getting on stage, I find so excruciatingly embarrassing mm. that I love it, but I also find it so uncomfortable at the same time to kind of put myself out there. So every time I'm sort of like, never feel good enough, never feel like I'm worthy for stage time, which is why I rushed through my posing. <laughs> I think people have noticed. <laughs> Slow down. Slow down. Um, so yeah, I feel like I'm kind of like taking up other people's time on stage almost. So I kind of rush through my little bit and I'm like, there goes everyone else's turn now. Um, so yeah, every time I'm like, I'm not doing it again. And then I feel a bit lost. And I'm like, I need the structure of diet and training and having a focus to do something. Mm. Um, but then I think sort of coming back when I did the FitEx show, I think that really changed my whole view of everything because it was such, I met so many amazing people mm. like at the show through FitEx. It really kind of changed my entire view of stuff that people are there to talk. They will support you. Cause I'd never had that before. I was always on my own. Nobody ever came to watch me. Well, my partner at the time did, mm. um, but I was always on my own, never really spoke to people and stuff. Was, um, that, but because then, you were, was that because you were like, quite reserved or was it just that the environment just didn't feel like comfortable like what was the reason for that yeah I get real bad like social anxiety and I'm very kind of like just want to go and hide in the corner and be like oh god you know everyone's kind of got their little friendship group so I don't want to be like the one that's the tag on do you know what I mean I feel like I'm just going to be like irritating people <laughs> I am here let me join that fly yeah no, which yeah. I don't want to be so I was always kind of like just hanging around in the background doing my thing and then leaving straight afterwards never got like pictures backstage or anything um but yeah I think FitEx really kind of changed things around and just met loads of lovely people um and so yeah kind of realized that it could be more than just getting on stage it could actually be the start of forming friendships because I think kind of having the kids I lost very much lost all my identity. I was just mm. a mum for so many years and I've, you know, single parent through most of it. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, kind of moved, you know, sort of an hour down the road to a new town um, and sort of had the kids and never formed new friendship groups. So it's kind of been me and the kids, very isolated. And I think competing was the one thing that was sort of like, oh, I'll just do something that takes me away from just being a mum. Mm. And then started getting like a few little friendship groups through FitEx and I was just like, oh my goodness. I'm a person again, you know, I've kind of got people want to talk to me and are interested in what I've got to say and stuff. So, yeah, it really did change things around. And especially this year has just been ridiculous, like how how things have changed. And I can talk to people <laughs> and I've got friends again. <laughs> You're definitely, from when I met, first met you last year, like you were definitely in that, what I call like a blossoming transition phase where like it's just getting that ball rolling and then things will slowly start to like, it will start to get easier. Mm. I think that dawned on me last week, MCing, just stood there for a second. I thought, I had like a flashback of when I was like 10 and I did like this. Um, I, I think, yeah, I you know, you have to do the auditions for like the Christmas, like Panto or whatever it is. 
because I got bullied quite a lot and I was like sitting there thinking like I remember trying to audition and being that scared and that like I can't have people stare at me like I just literally like cried and cried like and stormed into the toilet and then I stood oh, there at the was... yeah I stood there at the MC and I thought holy fucking smoke I'm stood here and everyone's looking at me and there's a microphone and I thought holy shit I would never have thought all these little accumulation things I've done would end up being like tonight. It was weird. And I feel like I'm seeing that in you at the moment. It's just all these like accumulation of stuff. And it's just going to, the bigger that snowball gets, like the more you're going to get into like a new flow. Mm. Oh, definitely. And you emceeing on stage was, you were such a natural. Honestly, the second you walked out on stage, it was like, she's done this a million times before. You were so easy and comfortable to watch and you just warmed up the entire room the whole time it was just lovely honestly and people were because even brad said didn't he? he was just like what you haven't done it before and you're like no that was my first time he was like what <laughs> people were genuinely surprised that that wasn't like your thing mad. yeah honestly but incredible you were so so good it's funny you're, though, like, you're, you're trying to drop jokes and stuff but you can't hear you can't really see much and you can't hear anything really so i'm like oh i kept thinking i was bombing these jokes I was like, oh no, they didn't. I was like, okay, move on swiftly, move on swiftly. And I, Joe was like, no, nah, like people are generally were doing, like enjoying it. I was like, oh shit, okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm absolutely bombing it right now. I'm going to get fired. Suki's going to go right. I don't think you should come back again. So yeah, I was really surprised. But it's funny how those like all those things do make a difference. And I remember when you won, because um, I judged you. I had no idea who you were at the time, but I judged you for. Um, fear takes Bournemouth and like you asked Lisa right I said to Lisa I was like goals I said that's what I want to look like huh. oh, I, guess oh. it, I was like I just couldn't get over how insane you looked and I was like she's not over 35 have we got a passport I was full on convinced that you weren't your age and I was just like it was just mad and the shock on your face when you won that overall as well I couldn't feel my legs I didn't know whether I'd be able to stand up again <laughs> because Sophie was like come on and I was just sort of like right let's try it. let's go let's go for it let's get the legs to work come on we can do this while trying not to have like ugly crying face and you know when you're sort of like I can't cry but I want to cry what am I doing and I was just like because I was ready to kind of look because I had like a couple of girls in mind and I was just like right they've got it and I was ready to be like oh my god run over give them a hug and then I was just like oh <laughs> yeah completely ridiculous I don't think I'm over it yet I don't think I'm <laughs> I don't think I've quite kind of accepted it it was a very kind of weird, you look back on it and kind of like, oh, that can't have happened. Yeah, so I feel like that was cool. the eating season last year still. Yeah, you sort of look at like tiaras and swords and it's just like, how? <laughs> how was that me? Are they sure? <laughs> I still remember you came, I don't know who, if I came up to you or you came up to me after the show, but this is when I was doing my secret prep and I think I think the obvious, I, well, I didn't realise how much of a dark face I had. And you, I felt bad because you asked me and I was like, ah, oh, I'm going to have to lie to this really nice woman that I'm doing a show next week. I thought, oh, for fuck's sake. But apparently it was so obvious because I had the jaw lines of no, no other. Um, yeah. yeah sorry for lying babes don't hate me <laughs> I love you yeah because it was after the show and I wanted to come over and thank you obviously for judging and stuff and uh, Molly was trying on some shoes I think she was mid-off season and she was moaning about how fat her feet were and couldn't fit in any shoes <laughs> and then you were like the complete opposite and you know, Molly was fat she looks beautiful but then you were like the opposite end and I was just oh my god when are you competing you're like no I'm not <laughs> I was like it's so hard 
I'm so sorry. I was like, I can't examinate you so well. You're like, no, it's fine. I'm so, okay. I'm so sorry for what I said, mate. Fine. <laughs> You're forgiven, it's fine. Thanks, babes. I appreciate that. Give <laughs> me a secret. Yeah, see, the problem I've got now, though, is that everyone is, like, looking. Because <laughs> they're like, is she dieting? Is she not? So I, I feel like I've, like, used my get-out-of-jail-free card, but I didn't realise I only had one available. So I'm like, crap, I feel like I can't do it again because people are just mm. going to clock. And then if I, if I want to do a mini-cut or diet, everyone's going to be like, oh, I'm on prep. I'm like, oh, I'm actually not. But they won't yeah. believe me. So I basically just pulled myself over, to be honest. But that's just like that whole crying wolf thing, isn't it? And now everyone's just like, nah, she's lying. <laughs> and then the whole season will go past and it's like, where's Jazz? Why is she not on stage yet? And you're like, you're over there in off season. It's <laughs> just like, not quite happy over it. Did a mini cut. Fooled you all. <laughs> oh, too funny, man. But I, like NFM was so, like, to watch her on stage again was sick. Like 100% was amazing. But how do you like deal with, the pressure, or if it is a pressure, maybe that's like me putting words into your mouth, but like being a competitor, but also being a mum and then having your own self as well. Like, how do you, I always say this to you and Emma Thackeray, I'm like, how the fuck do you do this? Like, how do you do kids and then your home life and everything else without constantly being in like the circle of like, I feel guilty in some respect, or maybe you feel guilty for like taking time away. I know a couple of like parents when they first get into competing, like that's a big element. It's like doing something for yourself and then the selfish side of it and not feeling like guilty for it or potentially people from like the outside world that think, oh, like what's, what's like she doing and do you mean all that sort of stuff? Oh, definitely. I think the guilt is definitely there all the time, 100%. Um, that's something that is, it is kind of like a daily, like, should I actually be doing this? Mm. You know, I'm kind of taking stuff away from, you know, time or, you know, obviously competing is not a cheap hobby, you know, so kind of obviously a lot of savings and stuff have gone into competing and all the rest of it. Um, but yeah, there's definitely that constant guilt of, and especially in like when you're getting near the show and you're feeling tired and a bit grumpy and your patience is down. And then, you know, especially some holidays and prep just do not mix. Not well, I keep doing it, and every year I'm like, I'm not prepping the summer holidays, and then the next year I prep on summer holidays. Um, but yeah, and especially when the kids are like, Oh, you're so grumpy, and I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but then I know that I sort of need something for myself to make sort of me a better parent almost. Mm-hmm. I sort of need, and I think that's how I sort of I can never say the word when you mentalize things. What's the I can't, I can't pronounce it, you know, like separate most dyslexic person. <laughs> and when you can separate things out yeah. and I sort of like need something to I just need something to focus on for myself that takes me away from the whirlwind that's my life with my kids mm. um because my kids are very spirited <laughs> in the nicest possible way um you know but as you know you know my daughter's 15 so she's in like a last year of school my son's 14 he's Asperger's ASD um and then I've got a seven-year-old that copies them both Mm. um you know so it has been and for a lot of years it's been it's been hard at home you know I've been on my own and there's you know my son was expelled from school he was out of school for a year we fell through the system it has been a lot of you know with the kind of Asperger's aspect of you know looking after a child with Asperger's is difficult at the best of times let alone doing it on your own with two others to try and cope with as well Mm. then you throw like three cats and two guinea pigs and a hamster in the mix and it's just a circus (laughs) I love it. 
it's mental it is absolutely mental um but yeah I think I've needed the kind of that structure and the control of competing and diet to give me some element of control because I didn't have the control over you know the kids and the family and all the rest of it you know that was kind of almost spiraling because you know my son was just well I can't even explain the stuff we went through kind of with him Mm. and then obviously the other two aren't getting the attention so then their behavior changed negative to try and get any kind of attention Mm. I'm sort of sat in the middle of it like oh my goodness I feel like I'm failing everything Mm. um you know when you kind of feel you know it felt like I was a very bad failure of a parent for many many years and I think kind of getting into competing has it's kind of given me that little bit of I can cope with everything almost doing too much has made me be better at coping somehow yeah if that makes sense yeah I do think prep has that like that magical element um for quite a few people where even in the madness it can just help it, I can know what you mean it's kind of like an anchor for everything else and people, yeah. some people say you know like why don't you just like quit prep like something's going on like sometimes that's actually not the right thing for that person it might be you know everyone's different but I completely can relate to that where you know in the midst of craziness it's actually quite nice to have that one thing that should really be more stressed but it ends up being the opposite for people yeah oh absolutely and I think when you kind of come from like a kind of like eating disorder background that kind of eating disorder isn't about oh I just want to be skinny it's about having control of something and I think you know for you know donkey's years went through you know the kind of bulimia aspect of of eating disorders and it was you know it wasn't part of it was a physical thing but I think a lot of it was just I felt so just spiraling and didn't have anything and that was the one thing I could like control and so you know obviously you know my eating disorder history you know I've been touch wood you know free from it for a good few years now and competing has helped me to step away from it because mm-hmm. I you know obviously know better and now I've got some it's kind of swapping one for the other isn't it which probably isn't healthy but um but yeah I think in that side of my personality I almost need something to kind of anchor me down into it um yeah sorry I went on a tangent no it's not, no, it's not <laughs> tangent at all, like <laughs> Out of curiosity, like with your bulimia, like how how was that process in terms of like getting help and support? Was it one that was quite straightforward and you got the support quite quickly? Was it difficult? Got help. Really? No, nobody really knew about it. My parents never knew. No one really knew. I mean, obviously people would have known. Nobody questioned me. Nobody. I think only my youngest's dad. I mean, we're best, best of friends. Um and I think he was probably one of the only people I ever spoke to about it after the, after the time. Mm. Um, and, you know, like I say, we're best friends. We talk about everything anyway. But he was kind of like the only person that knew. But it was one of those things that felt like I had to deal with myself. Felt like nobody sort of, I didn't want to burden anybody else with my issue. You know, it was a silly issue. I should be able to help myself out. So, yeah, there's never. A common, there's a common theme that's coming out with like, whether I'm asking you about eat your eating disorder or competing or anything like that, you don't want to be a burden to anyone. <laughs> you don't want to be a burden. You don't want to take time away from people on stage. So where is this like sense of feeling like a burden come from? Um, I don't know. Like was it spent- teenagers maybe like, um yeah possibly I, th- I mean I was never um you know I, I didn't experience the you know kind of 
bullying side of things at school but I was much more of the I you know kind of flitted around I was very much a kind of an invisible entity at school um you know I kind of yes I had some very very close beautiful friends at school but I kind of I was you know had lots of different friendship groups and none of the friendship groups really liked each other so I never had yeah I never kind of had like a a core group of people because I kind of got on with everybody but I was very much like the invisible one that was just kind of I never got invited to stuff and I was always kind of a forgotten thing so I was like I'm not yeah, I can relate to so much of that. That's cool. I was literally the same. It was weird. Like, I felt kind of like, I don't know, like an odd ball. I was like, well, why? I fit in 50% here and then 50% somewhere else. I'm like, why? It, I know exactly what you mean by that. Mm. Yeah, and I suppose even now, I kind of I think from then, because I didn't have like solid friendship groups, even now I kind of feel like I'm always going to be that tag on person and I don't want to be interrupting sort of other people's groups I'm always you know if I kind of get invited to stuff and I'm sort of like you sure you sure you want me to come because I'm sort of like well I'm just gonna why (laughs) you know what why would you want me there you know I'm just kind of a an afterthought and I think that kind of got probably compounded more when I had the kids Mm. and it was just me and the kids and my kids have been difficult and so I have gone through the whole I, I can't take them out because not that it's embarrassing but just because they are hard work and other people don't want to be around it Mm. you know kind of even going to my parents house we have to sort of limit that time but you know my parents are kind of elderly now um and it's hard work and so I have very much distanced myself from a lot of things and a lot of people because I don't want us to be like the pain in the ass tag-ons in a way if that makes sense yeah it does, no, it does make sense like it does make sense and it's I do find sometimes with like prep and competing and like it brings out these different things and you're like why because I had to question myself like why do I act in, like this and this like why do why why did I have all these issues with the cellulite at the back of my legs why I always have issues with being on stage why I have issues with walking like because a lot of it we don't realize I've always wanted to ask you but it's never been like the right time I'm always like hmm I'm intrigued um but it's yeah it comes out in different ways it mm. does come out in different ways and it is sometimes like from past experiences as well definitely and I think when you've kind of had you know kind of going you know like back to you know bad relationships and stuff um you know I was in a very sort of violent you know mentally and physically abusive relationship for a good couple of years or so um and that was very much put downs all the time you know never good enough cheated on lied to you know and all the rest of it um and he used to write lists he used to write lists like of how disgusting I was and then he'd write lists of all the other girls he was sleeping with and how amazingly beautiful they were and just give them to me and so I kind of had all this in writing and at the time I mean I'm what five seven five eight and at the time I was just about a size six so I was tiny you know skinny fat Mm. and he'd kind of like pinch like my skin and just be like that's that's fat that is that's fat and obviously it was just like baggy skin because I had nothing else going on um and then it would kind of flip around and he'd buy me a car and flowers and it'd be so amazing and this and this and it kind of it keeps you in that that kind of thing um but then I think when you've been put down and kind of shown all you know I think it's that thing from friends, isn't it? You know, you're kind of using every single negative thing that you think about me against me to my face. And um, 
yeah it was that kind of so now I kind of as soon as anyone's kind of like, oh you look nice this and this and I'm like well yeah but I've read that I'm this this, this and this and this and this yeah. you know and it's kind of it's always in the back of the mind when someone's the bad stuff's easy to believe isn't it yeah Julia Roberts says in Pretty Woman <laughs> it's it's much easier to believe the bad stuff than the good and I think when you've had that like compounded in you for years you it's very difficult to step away from it as much as the glitz and glamour of the stage and a trophy you're still that skinny fat girl in the background with a black eye that's like I'm not good enough you know it's yeah. does, time, <laughs> does time help that um def it definitely does um to show you I guess different like signs and like that's what I found when I had like a previous situation it was like I was trying to try it's a hard way to frame your mind but I remember just constantly going no like look for like something nice but it is hard when like it's it feels so it feels the most dendrite dead like heavy thick ingrained pattern and it's yeah. so tough to go and go oh like it's fine now like you're, I think it's for me got it it still takes time yeah massively I mean it is you know it's 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 definitely a process and I remember I was listening to I think it was Davina McCall that was on someone's podcast um and you know she was sort of like you know this whole like mirror work that people do and she was like, you know, her therapist said, just look in the mirror and say that, say, I love you in the mirror. I can't even say that. I find that really awkward. Um, and she was like, I can't do it. And I remember listening to this podcast and crying my eyes out. And the therapist was like, okay, well, just take it a step back. Just say, I like you. And even that, and I was like, I've never been able to do it. I've never been able to look in the mirror. I even kind of talking about it now. And I'm like, I can't say kind of those, I find it really, it stalls to say the words. Um, but kind of to take it back and you sort of think, how do you get into that position of, liking yourself yeah you know i haven't i haven't hit that point yet or even tolerating yourself i find yeah absolutely oh my goodness yeah as much as you know you can kind of put a brave face on i kind of call it like the clown mask that goes on a lot of the time doesn't it and you kind of everyone thinks you're fine and you walk around and it's all smiles and this and this and you know under the surface you're kind of like screaming a little, a little sandman in the corner of it rains you're just gonna be like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Generally, like so much what you said, like it's generally how I've felt probably the past maybe year or, year or so. Like generally have, and it's hard because you're not like that all the time. You're not mm. like that all the time. But there are times when that's generally what is inside. And you're just, it's like this glass like door, like you, or window, what's it called? Wind, glass ceiling. And you know what I mean? Where it's like you, you can see clearly. Or no, ah, now this is a good analogy. You know, in like when they, interview someone for for um in prison in jail mm -hmm. whatever and then the mirror you can see but then the other person can't see that's generally yeah. how like i've felt at times so i can relate mm -hmm. to a lot of that mm. yeah it's one of those kind of inner things and a lot of people that are, they're just kind of like we'll just get over it fuck your ideas up and i think my mum was very much like that when i you know was sort of dealing with getting away from you know the kind of the ex-partner you know kind of a refuge company wanted to like take me to London <laughs> to escape from him and my mum you know I was had a real bad depression afterwards um and my mum was like come on just get over it just get on with it you know you're free now da, 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 da. and I was like mum I can't I literally can't and then she suffered a few years you know a few years after that and she didn't know what it was mm. but she was massively suffering with depression I think there was so much going on with like me and my brother and sister and she was holding it together with the clown face on for so long and then it hit her all of a sudden um, and she came, you know, she was in this depression. And I think it was only her experiencing it herself. 
and then she sort of turned around to me and she was sort of like I now understand you know kind of what you were going through and I was like thank Christ for that you know I felt like I felt like I was letting everyone down I couldn't just be okay you know yes I'd got away from this person but I was like why is it still Mm. you know why is there still areas I can't drive past Mm. you know why do I still you know you look at something and have massive flashbacks and it sends you into black holes again you know it's one of those there were I still remember this like this when I was like maybe 17 18 I was um going to London quite a lot for like different work experiences and you know the restaurant Leon Hmm. I'd have anxiety I'd have a panic like a near like my heart would go and I'd literally be like we got a fucking mess just seeing the word that Leon restaurant her wall because because my ex-boyfriend was called Leon it was fucking weird I couldn't yeah, yeah and I would like avoid it and like people were around, like what's wrong like I had to really try and hide it even seeing the <laughs> the restaurant Leon would like yeah. throw me yeah it's the smaller and it's things that you don't even realize that are going to trigger you that trigger you and you'd be like watching an advert or see something I remember watching Iron Man 2 and it's got Mickey Rourke in it mm. and it sounds like the weirdest thing in the world but there's something about Mickey Rourke in Iron Man 2 that he looks kind of like my ex and it absolutely floored me and the kids put it on here the other day and I was just like I can't even be in the room mm. I can't even be in the same room as you watching an Iron Man film because there's something about that that is him and it's that you know it's but it's, it's weird little things but if I was still in Southampton you know where I was when I was with him there is certain areas I can't go to certain places I can't drive past you know, I got lost one years ago, got lost and ended up driving past house I used to live in with him. Oh, nearly crashed the car, had a panic attack driving, nearly crashed the car. And I was just like, this, just get me away, like instantly. But um, it's amazing how powerful that, I think we lock away as well, don't we? We don't realise. And so much of it is blocked away and you don't even remember. And then it like flashes back and it's like, shit, I didn't even remember that had happened. But yeah, it's kind of a... Uh, it's, it's ongoing <laughs> it's definitely ongoing and to kind of just be like I'm safe it's okay now because mm. it, it makes you feel unsafe again doesn't it very you know kind of as much as you know obviously I'm safe and secure and I've got my friends family relationship and everything and I feel very safe certain things do just pull you back into that like oh my god yeah it's, it's a lot <laughs> I think a lot of people will be able to relate to that though in terms of like whether it's like a a big tra- trauma or a small trauma like it's crazy how all those stuff like it's all mo- it's all like pa- like mental patterns isn't it mm. I guess in a way yeah it's very difficult to kind of reframe things and it's hard to kind of because you almost need to kind of almost go back and relive it almost to kind of start to get over it and you kind of think that's way too scary to even think about it let alone try and come out the other side of it so I just leave it over there but it comes back and kicks you in the ass doesn't it so 100% you know you were talking about um when you were talking about with Davina McCall and she says like I love you or no I like you right so I was listening to I sometimes listen to Spotify in the morning and I remember this Mary J Blige song came on I remember initially I was like oh this is so cringe and I'd like turn it off and like I, won't, I don't know if I'll be able to play all of it because of oh it's standard get the adverts out now. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it'll, like audio stuff. But like I remember this "Good Morning Gorgeous" song. Like I generally couldn't listen to it. 
this one. Recognize it? No. I don't think I've heard it. Oh, it's such a good song. I'm gonna basically like the chorus is like "Good morning, gorgeous." Mm. And I remember initially I was like, "Oh, can't listen to that. Oh, fucking cringy is that?" But then when I actually started to listen to the song, I thought, "Oh wow, this is actually like." I think it is actually a song potentially about when you, like relationships and when it like damages you and having to reframe it. But yeah, it was like sometimes I have to look in the mirror and say, "Good morning, gorgeous." And I, I've, yeah, I've recently like reframed it because I used to skip past that song like straight away. So, but now I'm actually like, no, Jasmine, like you don't have to look in the mirror and say, but just listen to these lyrics and kind of like just internalize it a bit. Um, I suppose when it's a song as well, it kind of gets into that kind of like almost mantra thing, doesn't it? Of that kind of repeating to kind of say to yourself, you're okay, you're safe and all the rest of it. And when it comes from a song, obviously there is that repetitive nature in yeah. a song anyway if you're singing along with it you've almost got that subliminally going in somehow I suppose without realizing you're kind of doing it yeah oh you'll have to send me a little bit I'd have to listen to that I'm literally gonna send it to you while I keep talking I think oh no I can't do two things at once hang on I'm gonna keep going <laughs> I'm like committed I'm committed <laughs> and sometimes I'll say yeah 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 I'll do it and then I get off this podcast and I'm like what did I just say what did I promise yeah. to do like <laughs> Right, send me WhatsApp, done. <laughs> right, what's the plan next then? We did NFM, we were very, very close. Do you know what? It's funny when you're emceeing, you can't see shit, right? You, like, you, I was looking at the screen and I was like, I was like trying to kind of go, oh yeah, who's got it with all the classes? But still then I was like, I can't see properly. And then the side, I was like, nope, still nothing. So let me tell you now, girls and guys, like MCs don't, they don't know anything. They don't they know. They can't. They can't <laughs> yeah, you can't see the real picture. Like you can't see everything. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts now? Because I remember like before NFM, you weren't sure whether you were going to do more shows, but then you ended up deciding with NFM um, last last year, last week. Um, so what are the thoughts now? But the thought, I think with the NFM, it was the, always the dream to fight for the Texas tickets. Mm. It was always, that was the thing to kind of aim for throughout the year was always that like, that's the big goal. You know, I decided not to do FitX finals because I really wanted to focus on NFM. Um, and I think I've, I'm in that like what if moment now because I was sort of like the Texas tickets were like the thing that was like the the thing, um, and then I was like well that's the only opportunity gonna go off season and then obviously Stucky's put in Instagram that if you do your October show and you win your class you can swap the prize money for your tickets to Texas, and now I'm like oh my goodness, do I stand a chance of you know if I go one more time what if I actually was good enough to get that ticket and so I'm in that sort of like do I just say fucking go or am I like no let's be sensible do off season and I'm I'm toing and froing I'm toing and froing <laughs> it's hard because it's 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 technically because you've been you when was your first show this year it was in April right I, that's a long time like not many girls can keep going for that long I, I definitely would not be able to um I would just hold my hands up but um <laughs> Because, yeah, that's the thing, because it's, when it's October, it's, like, close. It it's, is like, so close. close. 
but then it's not just October it's then like being on prep until December yeah that's what Ryan was saying as well he was sort of like you know you've, you've got to consider the fact that you know if you did you know get the tickets you would still have to carry on prepping until the start of December and I was like yeah but it's you know and you've just got that little thing in the back of your mind and it's like am I going to regret just not going for it I might lose but am I going to regret not because I'm very impulsive at the best of times and I'm like well fuck it I'll just go and do it or do I need to put my sensible pants on and be like come on get my Bridget's on and go off season (laughs) get my Bridget's on now to hold it all in (laughs) yeah so I'm not sure I've got a little yes no coin that decides a lot of major things for me are you being serious yeah what (laughs) yeah what colour? Well, hang on. Did you did you make this coin yourself? It's an actual coin. It's an actual oh. coin with yes and no on it. I might start selling it on Compact because a lot of people I think could need a yes no coin. Oh yeah, I will send you a picture of it later. Yeah, I've got an actual yes no coin. <laughs> I just thought you were just trying to challenge me on all, all the stupid sayings I say. But, oh, I love this. So yeah, this is no coin. Um, so that does make a lot of major life decisions for me. A lot of times I've just been like, I don't know what to do. I'll consult the coin. <laughs> So before, like, when's the last time you use your yes no coin? My luck, <laughs> um, my luck. The last time I used the yes no coin was decide whether to send a text message. It was a very hard time, and I was trying to work out whether sending a text message to a certain person was the right thing to do or not. And it came out yes, so I sent the text message, and things are, you know, it, it turned out okay. So interesting. Oh, yeah. I- if I, it's one of those, right? I think it's if it was close last week, it will always be close. Mm. I think it's the question of like instant gratifications versus deferred gratification. Mm. And I don't want to be that person like chasing. I don't want to be like, oh, I'm going to do like 25 shows and finally I've got it. You know, if I'm good enough, then I should get it straight away kind of thing. But it's that kind of like, oh, did one more chance. Is there a, is it the one more chance? But I thought I'm going to get my stage photos. I'll get the judges feedback and see what they say. And just sort of, if they're like, we think you need off season, you need to work on this, this and this and this. Perfect. But if they're like, actually, it was real close, then maybe that would sway. Uh. This is where the coin comes in because it makes you realise what you want to do. <laughs> yeah, because it says like, no, and you're like, Fuck you, coin. You just look at it. I'm going to go anyway. So it makes you, whether you know you stick with exactly what it says, it still gives you that realization of because sometimes it kind of flips and it's no, and you're like, oh, thank God for that. And other times it's no, and you're like, 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 fuck you, I'm doing it. You you, you know, you've shown me that I really, really do want this. Yeah, that's true. mm, The coin might have to decide. I'll do a bit of meditation later and um, let the coin decide. Oh, I don't, I still don't know how you would like, I don't know, I, how are you able just to come to the diet the whole year round? Like, that's the question I always have, because I I look at the pros that do it, I look at yourself, and I just say, Joe, I'm like, how does, how does this woman keep going? Like, because I just know for myself, I would just get floored, but you haven't seen, you, when I've obviously, like, known you this whole year, like, I've not once gone, oh gosh, you definitely need to pull, because you've always still got that, like, what I call... Like the buzz, if that makes sense. Like you're not there, like like 
you can tell that person needs to stop dieting if that makes sense you've always got like a spring in your step I think that's the point I'm trying to get at yeah I think definitely this prep has definitely pushed me harder like the last few weeks of kind of this getting into stage I mean I had my tooth infection and stuff which obviously like floored me completely um but yeah definitely had a couple of days when I was just dragging my feet and I was like this is hard now I I got to the dug up stage of prep um but yeah I think then you kind of have a bit of food and you're sort of like right I'm ready to go again Mm. so it's that kind of maybe maybe it's the the vegan lifestyle (laughs) let's confirm to the listeners are you vegan uh, I eat eggs that's the only animal thing I don't eat dairy or anything so not strictly vegan but eggs is the only thing I eat so I'm sort of more vegan than vegetarian I suppose <laughs> do you eat like normal chocolate I do eat a bit of dark chocolate but it's very dangerous so I can't have it in the house a great deal dangerous. it's danger food <laughs> I've never heard someone describe food like that but it's actually quite true yeah there's so Stuff. it's dark chocolate for me if i've got dark chocolate in the fridge it's it's snackable joe it sounds silly do you know what the thing i'm trying to work because i had like a last week i think where like i was able to half finish chocolate and put it away and not eat to the next day for me i've never been able to do that since i was a kid so i was like ah oh, this is good my next thing now is to have you know you have like the pack of six or the pack of whatever i could never have a pack of something because i'd like she'd be like i'd have to storm for it so now we've got pack of six of pop chips have you seen those like low calorie ones so i'm like right pop chips we're gonna we're gonna test it amazing amazing i did see your chocolate and i was very impressed because i've never been able to do that i'm like well it's there i may as well just finish it yeah exactly the same so i was very very impressed with you just like putting it in the cupboard and leaving it because it would be in my mind i was like yeah but it's still there it's still there i'm just gonna eat it (laughs) it was mad because i came back from my waggers and i still had like a little bit of um a couple of like calories left to eat, but I only actually had like a hundred calories left. Mm. And I thought, oh, like I'm always that sort of person. Like I've got calories. If I'm like hungry, I will just eat over. Um, mm. I just honor. That's what I do. I feel like off season now, I just honor the hunger. I'm like, I'm not gonna go. Oh, I can't have it because I just think that just spirals into different shit. But yeah, like it was well. I came back and I went. Oh, I've got a hundred calories. I'll eat hundred calories. And then I thought, right, if I want it, I will just eat the rest of it. I sat there and went oh shit don't actually want this and it was like the weirdest thing and I put it away but I do think by this off it's it's only been a couple of weeks but by Joe putting my food up to 2.7 yeah the weight is coming up and everything but it's probably been the first time where I've been able to do stuff like this I think because I've got to like I'm not trying to you know just just eat over 2000 like I was I always felt like hungry at the end of the day and I'm like I can't eat anymore that sort of stuff yeah and when you've got that little bit of restriction mentality it does put you in that sort of like it makes you want to eat it more when you think you can't do something it just makes you want to have it like the second you're like I'm on a diet all you want to do is just go and smash your face into a bit of cake rather than thinking you know it's just a a change but yeah I think the whole off-season thing is definitely you know it's a scary switch of mindset isn't it from competing to off-season it's definitely a kind of a scary transition to make mm, yeah I do think so right? I do think for me like now I just can't imagine doing anything else but can't, I just love the fact I can literally just I can fit in a protein bar and a chocolate bar no stress into my food and I'm like it's not even like you know 400 calories is not I think it's definitely like re-educated me with like chocolate bars they're only like 200 calories that's actually mm. not a lot like no that's in the grand scheme of things mm. 
especially when you're on a decent amount of calories, you like say you can fit it in and it's okay to have it. You haven't got any kind of negative mindset towards it. It's not, oh, I shouldn't be having this. You're like, I can have it. Yeah. And it's easy because there is no negative connotations to it. And there is no like, oh, crikey. I'm going to be judged if I'm eating a chocolate bar. Everyone's going to think I'm a bad bodybuilder because I'm eating chocolate. It's just like, hey. God, you want season? Do it. <laughs> I've just like accepted that by doing this work, I will be judged by some people. You're going to be I judged. See- no matter- yeah. Oh, you could be the most perfect person in the world and never put a spot wrong, and you're still going to be judged for being too perfect. Yeah. Like, I've, I've, have- I do find it funny when I say to people the way I do things. Like, you can see their, 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 their heads go, what the fuck? Like, they, they need to work on their poker face, but I generally do see that sometimes. I'm like, I don't even care. Cause it's like, it's honestly the way that I think I am going to be able to stay in this like game a lot longer. Cause I think if I tried it any other way, I, just, I, I would just tap out. I just feel like I can't do it. And you've got to do whatever works for you. Cause we're all, you know, none of us are robots. We are all completely individual. And if somebody needs to eat oats all day and just drink greens things for a day, just to, cause that's going to help. Mm. You still need to get a couple of like vegetables in do it if somebody else wants to eat vegetables all day go and do it it's whatever works for you and keeps you going and keeps you healthy and all the rest of it but yeah there's very much that kind of like everyone thinks they're doing it the perfect way and it's like you have to do it my way because this is the only way and it's like my god there's a million different ways of doing everything yeah that's why we all look different so because we all need different stuff that works for us but um yeah chocolate's like yeah, chocolate is good. I am trying to eat more veg though, but I got. Do you know you could just go? In, I've, got, I've got into this like mindset. I'm going to my cupboard point, and I'm like, oh, that pasta's been sitting there for fucking about six months now. So I'm like, right, I'm gonna work on getting through this pasta because I just want to make room for like other carbs that I like. Mm. So I'm like, I'll just eat some pasta. Ryan came around yesterday. And we we're doing some filming for Physique Collective, and um, I just sat there in the corner. I was like, the pasta's fucked me up. I can't eat pasta. I was like. Oh, my agony. I thought, well, that buggers me. I'm trying to eat more veg. So I thought I've thrown some pasta and now I'm just getting, like, abused for it, basically. But, yeah. Oh, it's horrible, isn't it? I'm like that with whey protein. I I got a sample that I found in the cupboard and I was oh, I'll mix it with my yoghurt. It's a bit of whey protein. It'll be fine. Oh, my God, I did. I paid for it. My stomach blew out like Christ knows what. And I was like, oh, jeez. Take away the whey protein. Get it away from me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so how are we feeling about a potential off season then i know i need one mm. i know i need a very decent off season um because i know i need to grow there's stuff i need to grow i don't want to get like massively bigger but i know there's stuff that needs to be improved and i know that only comes with off season and food and rest and stuff um so i am excited to do off season i'm excited to you know, just to chill out with my food and all the rest of it and to feel strong in the gym again and to get back to, you know, lifting past my warm-up weights, (laughs) which at the moment I'm struggling to get past. So, yeah, in that respect, I'm very much looking forward to off-season. But I also find off-season a struggle because I haven't got that... I mean, yes, it's still all part of prep, but I think because there's not that kind of end goal, I find I get very lost and I'm just a bit like... I find it a bit too airy fairy somehow. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a. Uh, it, I'll find off season dif- more difficult than prep, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Look, we're going to off season together. It's going to be great. Yeah. Fun. Me and Mel gonna... are currently an off season gang. Okay. Nice. Can 
please join and not can I be the fly <laughs> you can be the fly but you'll turn not into the fly once you enter the off-season circle but like oh, I did my email she's like oh I'm I want to compete I just look at her I'm like remember the deal you're not going till I'm going and I'm not going till you're going she's like okay there. we've been yeah. trying to keep each other because it we got to like August and we both <laughs> I messaged her and I was like are you kind of thinking about how many weeks you could like diet down to stay she's like oh my god I've did the same thing this week and I was like but we're not doing it because she like did she didn't reply she saw it on red and didn't reply for ages I was like Mel <laughs> she was like yes Jasmine <laughs> but we resisted we resisted yeah. but it is hard but you need that person just to be like just stop you know stop thinking we're doing this for a reason because it's very easy just to be like oh, I've had enough now when you kind of feel a, a bit heavier and clothes have got to change and stuff and it's like oh and everyone else is competing yeah and you do get the itch well like at the show and it's like oh, I've just got the itch for competing again you and Ryan are sitting there just like itchy oh god I just want to get on stage oh right <laughs> so true and he has season as well every show we go to he's like I just want to I just want to prep again and he keeps saying to Joe and Joe's like no next year he's like oh, all right then <laughs> we all do as I'm told <laughs> we all just look at Joe like Joe yeah he's like no he can almost predict it coming though I'm sure he's like they're going to ask me and he's already like no we're off season and that's it so okay <laughs> do as I'm told. he has like an automated reply like set up and ready whenever someone says it now <laughs> Just spits that out of them. He's like, there you go. Off you go. copy and paste replies because he knows he's going to have it from most people on off season at some point. <laughs> but no, I, I'm definitely like in getting in the zone. But it, mm. I feel you though, it is hard when you haven't got like that immediate like thing. Because I think when you are got prep, like you've got, you know, that's basically the next four, four months like planned out and you've got that goal. Whereas when an off season isn't four months and that is like a year. Yeah that time stretched it does feel it does feel a lot more yeah definitely and you haven't got that kind of like there's not as much to see going on with your physique you know obviously when you're prepping you have week to week and then you start seeing the changes week to week but in off season it's like well I just look the same yeah you know yes my weight's going up I still look the same clothes are a bit tighter it's not as exciting yeah it's definitely not as exciting but it's winter so you know we can bring out all the big jumpers and stuff Holla. which is all good yeah <laughs> we love that this will have what I've had this week. I've been trying to do from chocolate bar a day this week. So I had an arrow on Monday. Tuesday, I had Mars bar. And today, I had chocolate buttons. I find like chocolate buttons are just too like. Okay. But yeah, arrow one actually. And it's weird because I never really wanted an arrow. I was like, oh, maybe it's like a. You know, when you, your taste buds change in prep, I thought, oh, maybe this is like a off-season taste was changed i'm just like gonna crave everything like mint flavored oh fair enough have you tried the aero bubbles the mint aero bubbles no they're well they're like little like malteser size but they're like split half green and half right i don't like mint chocolate but the kids love them that could be worth a try okay well i'd probably go whisper. i'd go whisper if i was whisper or smarties if smarties. i was gonna test that. Smarties. i never had you down as a smarties girl they're my favourite. If I was going to go top chocolate, Smarties all day long. What? Okay, what's the bottom? Uh, probably mint chocolate. Oh, no, chocolate orange. Yeah, chocolate orange or mint chocolate. Hang on, what? You don't like chocolate orange? 
or mint chocolate. Okay, we, we're going to have to end this episode here, babe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd go second with the Mars bar, though. <laughs> but where's the Bounty and Snickers at in this fucking pecking order? Have you just forgotten about them? Like, for me, Bounty, bottom. Oh, yeah, Bounty would be bottom. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's on there. Yeah, I didn't think about Bounties. I can imagine this really weird, like, cult of people that, like, keep buying bounties, like, just to keep them in stock because they know that everyone else hates them. I'm convinced there's, like, a weird bounty cult. So I'm like, how are these things still, like, in circulation? I just don't understand it. And everyone knows, like, the pot of chocolates at Christmas is only ever going to have bounties left after, like, a day. And then everyone goes to look and they get all excited and it's like, oh, it's bounties. I'm convinced there's a marketing behind that. Yeah, it's just some very weird people that like them. Yeah, my mum likes them, actually. Well, when we get leftover ones at Christmas, I'll bag them up and your mum can have them. I'll rock up, like, with all these baked goods with bounty in them. <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> oh, man. But no, I'm excited to, like, see what you do next. But I don't think... I think you've still got WBFF inside you after seeing your fucking diva routine, so... It's the finance, isn't it? I know. It's the finance. But... Yeah, we shall see. We shall, we shall see. see. So, last question. You know what's got to prep you for this, right? For this. You've got this. Right, babes. What makes Tony not just a bikini girl? Not just a bikini girl. Um, well, like I said to you earlier, it's very difficult thinking about it for yourself because you just kind of go, oh, I don't really know. <laughs> um, but then, like you said, I do have a creative side. I do have, you know, I've made... Um, like bikinis and I make macrame stuff there's that little bit on the wall behind me um, I've always had a very party airy fairy kind of side to me I suppose and, and do um, I do I do make cakes yeah that was a little business but then I'm so useless with money that I was all I did my taxes and I was almost like paying people to have my cakes I was doing everyone a favor and I was like why am I not earning any money I was like I'm spending out more than I'm earning <laughs> I think baking cakes are really I think that's probably a one business that I think is really hard to communicate to a customer why it's so much money because when you add up it's all the ingredients per, plus that person's time then yeah. plus like the profit and stuff like remember exactly. loads of, oh, how why is it that much money I'm like if you work you break down the costings like but people do a lot I, I can imagine a lot of people like yourself like you just don't realize yeah exactly oh my goodness yeah so, um, yeah, I think that's my little, like, if I ever need to kind of just go chill out and get in my own little zone, it would be doing something arty-farty. Bracelets, macrame, rings. Yeah. Or go and jump in a cold sea. A bit of cold water there. Oh, yeah, you're out in the sea, aren't you? I haven't done it in a while, but I do need to get back to it. Which I was thinking this morning, I was sort of like, yeah, my, like, little secret woo-woo side <laughs> needs to start sea dipping again now the weather's changed. Get back in the old sea. So, yeah, I'd say... Arty crafty bits and a bit of woo-woo jump in the sea under a full moon. <laughs> I love that. I love everything about that. And I I, I keep saying to Joe, I was like, I'm going to figure out a way to sort of get this electric car down to you. I think I'm going to have to stop about 5,000 times to charge it. But we'll get it. We'll get it done. We'll figure it out. Definitely. All right, we'll plan when, when the full moon is then. Absolutely. We'll just go and jump in the sea. It'll be all good. <laughs> I love it. Well... You considering you are nervous as hell about this podcast, I don't think you did too bad at all. Thank you. I appreciate you inviting me on. I was very, very surprised when you were like, Hey, when are you coming on? I was like, What? Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
what, why. <laughs> but no, I massively appreciate you inviting me on. Thank you very, very much, my darling. Are you looking forward to hearing the sound of your own voice? Ew. Ew. It's really weird. It, trust me, it doesn't get any easier. I'm just like, oh, is that my voice? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, even when like the kids are filming stuff and I can hear myself in the background, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> How do other people put up with this? <laughs> it's fine. I'll just edit your voice. It's like the most, like, it's like a minion. It just like sounds completely different. That's it. Well, even like my Siri is like Australian. So can you just put like an Aussie twang on it or something? You know, I just know. have it. What? <laughs> like Siri on my phone. If I'm yeah. like my sat thing is Australian. What? Did it pick up your voice and go, oh, uh, she's Australian and like automatically do Okay, I was going to stop it, but I need to figure out what's, why is it Australian? <laughs> I don't like... <laughs> <laughs> like the, normal, the normal Siri voice has got some weird tone that like grates in my brain so I had to change it to something else <laughs> and you can change it to different accents Stop so, it. I so yeah on your settings you can change so mine's Australian and when it's on the sat nav it has some very interesting ways of saying road names and stuff I love it Siri. yeah my male Aussie oh my god wait there's English English Australia English Canada, English Indian, English Ireland, <laughs> English New Zealand, English Singapore, English South Africa. Eng- oh, you've exactly. opened my world right now. I'm my brain's like what? And apparently you can get this like boot camp sergeant major, but I can't find it. And apparently he just like shouts at you <laughs> like boot <laughs> from a boot camp style. So if he's like directing you in the car, he'll like literally be like, don't left. <laughs> but I can't find it. So I'm stuck with my Aussie. <laughs> stuck with my Aussie Siri. Oh my God, yeah, it's like voice one, voice two, American, Australian, British, Indian, Irish, South African. Hi. Oh. Choose the voice you would like me to use. Oh my God, that's the Indian one. Hang on. Australian. Hi, I'm Siri. Choose the voice you'd like me to use. That's my sat nav. I love my sat nav. I love my Aussie sat nav. Hang on, there's a a voice too. You need to consider voice too, Australian, right? Hi, I'm Siri. Choose the voice you'd like me to use. Oh, it's got to be man. I need a man telling me what to do. That sounds wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Irish. I'm Siri. Choose the voice. No, I'm Siri. Choose the voice you'd like me to use. That doesn't sound very Irish. Very Irish. Irish accents on a man is like usually meant to be the thing, but that's just disappointing. Can you imagine you've never heard an Irish person in your life? You'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, no. You'd be like, what's everyone talking about? No, that's rubbish. Hang on, last one. Hi, I'm Siri. Choose the voice you'd like me to use. That's South African. That doesn't sound very... See, the Aussie one's the best one. I I have to agree. I am actually going to change it to Australia now. Hi, I'm Siri. Choose the voice you'd like me to use. (laughs) And when it's on the sat nav, it does have just weird ways of saying road names. And some of the numbers come out very weird. I love it. I love my. It surprised Ryan when he was in the car and he was like, What is this? I was like, It's Aussie. It should show what? It just shows that sometimes there are be- little beauties in different moments. And it just like, you can't explain it, but it just puts a, just puts a smile on your face. Exactly that. Joelle, that's perfect timing. My dogs are going well off. So I'm going to stop recording, but I'm keeping that last bit in because that is bloody beautiful. So thanks, <laughs> Ben.
for coming on the podcast. Thank you. The dogs left it to the end to go fucking crazy. <laughs>